Welcome to Archetypes and Anarchy, a podcast created by me, Courtney Floyd, and my Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon in spring of 2018. Episode 3, Little Brother, Little Sister. Content warning. This episode contains brief mention of the nationalist uses of fairy tales, particularly in Germany during the rise of the Nazi party. It's a very brief mention and I think could have used more discussion, um, but this podcast is about learning how to talk about fiction and its historical and social contexts, and I think that your hosts today have some very interesting points to make that hopefully we'll be elaborating on more as the term proceeds. Hi, I'm Casey. I'm Bailey. I'm Imani. I'm Alex. Little Brother, Little Sister is a part of the Grimm's collection and its tale type is 450, which includes other tales featuring a brother and a sister, a magic wife or husband, and a general magic tale. This story follows a brother and a sister as they travel through the woods that have been cursed by their stepmother. The siblings must rely on each other to survive the hardships such as the brother turning into a deer and eventually adjusting to a life in the king's castle. After doing research, we found this story first appeared around the mid-17th century and was originally written down as the tale of Ninillo and Nanella. The story has since been circulated around European countries, changing names but keeping the storyline consistent. The folktale of Little Brother and Little Sister has been confused with Hansel and Gretel due to storytellers in the past calling the story of Hansel and Gretel by the name of Little Brother and Little Sister. Despite this, the Grimms chose to keep Hansel and Gretel by that name and keep Little Brother and Little Sister as that title. Even so, there are still some publications that use the name Little Brother and Little Sister for Hansel and Gretel, causing confusion for the readers. The authors of this folktale, Wilhelm and Jacob Grimm, were considered to be a part of the Romantic movement. The Grimm brothers viewed folklore as insight to the German culture and found that folklore had ancient mythologies and beliefs of past German cultures that should be integrated into new folktales. However, over time, the brothers wanted to reincorporate religious ideals in Germany, different dialects and language of the original tales in their editions of the tales. This folktale, as recited by the Grimm's, was published in 1812 as an original part of Children and Household Tales in which it was later featured in all editions with several new editions by 1819. The Grimm's fairy tale stories have been published in more than 70 different languages. Many of the Grimm's versions of the stories had a cruelty that was later frequently edited out as the stories became more and more popular as tales for children. The Grimm's were keen German nationalists who wanted to see the multitude of German states united as one country and who believed that folk tales revealed a national German identity. Between 1812 and 1857, seven editions of their tales appeared, each one different from the last until the final, best-known version barely resembled the first. Their books would become second in popularity only to the Bible in German-speaking lands. By the 20th century, they would become the most famous collection of folk and fairy tales in the Western world. Though brusque and raw, the Grimm's tales of the first edition still resonate with us today, 
because they indicate how we can transform ourselves and our conditions to live in a better world. All of the tales in the first edition bear the marks of their diverse storytellers who believed in the magic, superstitions, and miraculous transformations of the tales. The Nazis warmly approved of the Grimm's work because they upheld the racist and nationalist supremacy of the German people. This is the tale of Little Brother and Little Sister by Jacob and Willem Grimm. Little Brother took his little sister by the hand and said, Since our mother died, we have not had a single good hour. Our stepmother beats us every day, and whenever we come near her, she kicks us away with her feet. Hard leftover crusts of bread are our food. The little dog under the table is better off, for she often throws it a good morsel. God have mercy if our mother were to know about this. Come, let us go away together into the wide world. They walked the whole day over meadows, fields, and stones, and when it rained, the little sister said, God, and our hearts are crying together. In the evening, they came to a large forest, and they were so tired from sorrow and hunger and from the long walk that they climbed into a hollow tree and fell asleep. The next day when they awoke, the sun was already high in the sky and shone hotly down into the tree. Then the brother said, Sister, I am thirsty. If I knew of a little spring, I would go and get a drink. I think I hear one. The brother got up and took his sister by the hand to try to find the spring. Now the wicked stepmother was a witch, and she had seen how the two children had gone away and had secretly crept after them, as witches do, and she had bewitched all of the springs in the woods. They found a spring glistening as it ran over the stones. The brother was about to drink from it, but his sister heard how its rushing sound said, Whoever drinks from me will become a tiger. Whoever drinks from me will become a tiger. Then the sister cried out, Please, brother, do not drink, or you will become a wild animal and tear me to pieces. The brother did not drink, although he was very thirsty, but said, I will wait for the next spring. When they came to the second spring, the sister heard it say as well, Whoever drinks from me will become a wolf. Whoever drinks from me will become a wolf. Then the sister cried out, Please, brother, do not drink, or you will become a wolf and eat me up. The brother did not drink and said, I will wait until we come to the next spring, but then I must drink. Say what you will, for I am very thirsty. When they came to the third spring, the sister heard how its rushing sound said, Whoever drinks from me will become a deer. Whoever drinks from me will become a deer. The sister said, Oh, brother, do not drink, or you will become a deer and run away from me. But the brother had already knelt down by the spring, leaned over, and drunk from the water. As soon as the first drops touched his lips, he lay there in the form of a young deer. Now the sister cried over her poor bewitched brother, and the deer cried also, sitting sadly next to her. Finally, the girl said, Be quiet, my sweet little dear. I will never, never leave you. She took off her golden garter and put it around the deer's neck. Then she picked up some rushes and wove them into a soft cord. This she tied to the little animal and led it onward, walking deeper and deeper into the woods. After they had walked a long, long way, they finally came to a little house. The girl looked in, and because it was empty, she thought, We can stay here and live. She found leaves and moss to make a soft bed for the deer. Every morning she went out and gathered roots, berries, and nuts for herself and brought tender grass for the little deer, who ate out of her hand and was contented and played around about her. In the evening, when the sister was tired and had said her prayers, she laid her head on the deer's back for a pillow and gently fell asleep. If only the brother had had his human form, it would have been a wonderful life. For some time, they were alone like this in the wilderness. Then it happened that 
the king of the country held a great hunt in these woods. The blasts of the horns, the barking of the dogs, and the merry shouts of the huntsmen sounded through the trees. The little deer heard this and wanted ever so much to be with them. Oh, he said to his sister, let me go and join the hunt. I cannot resist it any longer. He begged so long that she finally agreed. But, she said, she to him, come back to me in the evening. I must lock the door to keep the wild huntsmen out, to let me know that it's you, knock and say, my little sister, let me in. If you do not say that, I will not unlock the door. Then the young deer jumped away. He felt so good and was so happy to be in the open air. The king and his huntsmen saw the beautiful animal and started after him, but they could not catch him. And whenever they thought that they surely had him, he jumped away over the bushes and disappeared. When it was dark, he ran to the little house, knocked, and said, My little sister, let me in. She opened the door for him, and he jumped inside and rested all night on his soft bed. Next day, the hunt began anew, and when the little deer again heard the hunting horn and the huntsman's shouts, he could not resist, but said, Sister, open the door for me, I must be off. His sister opened the door for him, saying, But this evening you must be here again and say the password. When the king and his huntsmen again saw the young deer with his golden collar, they all chased after him, but he was too fast and nimble for them. And so it went the entire day, but as evening fell, the huntsmen had surrounded him, and one of them had wounded him a little in the foot, causing him to limp. Slowly he ran away. The huntsmen crept after him to the little house and heard how he called out. My little sister let me in and saw that someone opened the door for him and then immediately shut it again. The huntsman took notice of this all, then went to the king and told him what he had seen and heard. Then the king said, tomorrow we will continue with our hunt. The little sister, however, was terribly frightened when she saw that her young deer was wounded. She washed the blood off him, applied herbs, and said, go to bed, my sweet deer, so that you will get well again. But the wound was so slight that the next morning the deer no longer felt it. And when he again heard the merry sound of the hunt outside, he said, I cannot resist it. I must be there. He'll never get me. Crying, the sister said, This time they will kill you, and I will be alone in the woods, forsaken by the whole world. I will not let you out. Then I will die here from grief, answered the deer. When I hear the hunting horn, I feel that I have to jump out of my shoes. Then the sister could not help herself, and with a heavy heart she unlocked the door for him. The deer vigorously and joyfully bounded off into the woods. When the king saw him, he said to his huntsmen, Chase after him all day long and into the night, but take care that no one does him any harm. As soon as the sun had set, the king said to the huntsmen, Now come and show me the little house in the woods. And when he came to the door, he knocked and called out, Dear little sister, let me in. The door opened, and the king walked in, and there stood a girl who was more beautiful than any girl he had ever seen. The girl was frightened when she saw that it was not her deer, but a man wearing a golden crown on his head who came in. However, the king looked kindly at her, reached out his hand to her, and said, Will you go with me to my castle and be my dear wife? Oh yes, answered the girl, but the little deer must go with me. I cannot leave him. The king said, He shall stay with you as long as you live, but he shall want nothing. Just then, he came bounding in and the sister again tied him to the cord of rushes. She herself took hold of it and walked out of the little house with him. The king lifted the beautiful girl onto his horse and took her to his castle, where their wedding was held with great splendor. 
She was now the queen, and they lived happily together for a long time. The deer was cared for and cherished, and ran about in the castle garden. Now the wicked stepmother, who had caused the children to go out into the world, thought that the sister had been torn to pieces by wild animals in the woods, and that the brother, as a deer, had been killed by the huntsman. When she heard that they were happy and well off, envy and hatred filled her heart, leaving her no peace. Her only thoughts were how she could bring about their downfall. Her own daughter, who was ugly as night and had only one eye, complained to her, saying, I am the one who should have become queen. Just be quiet, answered the old woman, then comforted her by saying, When the time comes, I shall be at hand. As time went by, the queen brought a handsome little boy into the world. It happened at a time when the king was out hunting. Then the old witch took form of the chambermaid, went into the room where the queen was lying, and said to her, Come, your bath is ready. It will do you good and give you fresh strength. Hurry before it gets cold. The witch's daughter was also nearby. They carried the weak queen into the bathroom and put her into the tub. Then they locked the door shut and ran away. Now they had made a fire of such hellish heat in the bathroom that the beautiful young queen soon suffocated. When this was done, the old woman took her daughter, put a nightcap onto her head, and laid her in the queen's bed. Furthermore, she gave her the form and appearance of the queen, but she could not replace the lost eye. So that the king would not notice it, the witch's daughter was to lie on the side where she had no eye. In the evening, when the king came home and heard that he had a little son, he was delighted. He was about to go to his dear wife's bed to see how she was, when the old woman quickly called out, You must leave the curtains closed. The queen is not yet permitted to look into the light, and she must have her rest. The king went away, not knowing that a false queen was lying there in her bed. At midnight, when everyone was asleep, the nurse who was sitting in the nursery by the cradle, and who was the only one still awake, saw the door open and the true queen walk in. She took the child from the cradle, laid him on her arm, and nursed him. Then she fluffed up his pillow, laid him back down, and covered him with his little quilt. And she did not forget the deer, but went to the corner where he was lying and stroked his back. Then she went out back through the door without saying a word. The next morning, the nurse asked the watchman whether anyone had come into the castle during the night, and they answered, no, we did not see anyone. In this manner, she came many nights, never speaking a word. The nurse saw her every time, but she did not dare to tell anyone about it. After some time had thus passed, the queen began to speak in the night, saying, How is my child? How is my dear? I shall come two more times than never again. The nurse did not answer her, but when the queen had disappeared again, she went to the king and told him everything. The king said, Good heaven, what is this? Tomorrow night I will keep watch by the child. That evening he went into the nursery, and at midnight the queen again appeared and said, How is my child? How is my dear? I shall come one more time, then never again. She nursed the child as she had done before, and then disappeared. The king did not dare speak to her, but on the following night he kept watch again. Once again she said, How is my child? How is my dear? I come this one time, then never again. Now the king could not restrain himself. He jumped towards her, saying, You can only be my dear wife. She answered, Yes, I am your dear wife. And in that moment, by the grace of God, she came back to life, fresh, vibrant, and healthy.
She told the king about the crime that the wicked witch and her daughter had committed against her. The king ordered both to be brought before the court and a judgment was pronounced against them. The daughter was led into the woods where she was torn to pieces by wild animals and the witch was thrown into a fire where she miserably burned to death. And as soon as she had burned to ashes, the deer was transformed and he received his human form again. And the sister and the brother lived happily together until they died. When I was analyzing the story of Little Brother, Little Sister, I found a few things in the tale itself that took my interest. So the characters are the little brother, little sister. They mentioned that their mother died earlier in their life, and so they now have a stepmother who is abusive towards them and forces them to starve. The stepmother has a daughter who isn't mentioned until later in the story. The wicked stepmother is a witch and has the ability to bewitch the entire forest that the little brother and the little sister run away to. And the wicked stepmother ends up only focusing on the water, which was interesting to me because out of all of the things that she could have picked to curse, in the forest, she chose the ring. Throughout the story, there are cases of repetition, which I found super intriguing because the first one is when the little brother is about to turn into a deer. And the repetition is interesting to me because there are three trials or three times before something happens and something changes the storyline. After the wicked stepmother curses the springs, the sister warns the brother to not drink from the spring until the third time, which is when he turns into a deer. The first two animals were more vicious until the third time, which was a deer, which isn't as violent as a tiger or a wolf. After the little brother turns into a deer, the little sister tells the deer or her little brother that she will never, never leave. There's also the case of the golden garter that the little sister puts around the deer's neck. And gold symbolizes something of value, at least in the society that we are in today. So I thought it was interesting because this deer had more value than other deers in the woods or in the forest that they were in. And that's when the story introduces the king of the country who holds a great hunt in the woods where there are loud horns and barking dogs and shouts of huntsmen throughout the entire forest. And this grabs the attention of the little deer and he wants to participate and sort of challenge these huntsmen. When the deer wants to join the hunt, the little sister is concerned and wants him to stay safe. So she gave him a password for when he returns at night so that she knows it's him and not some huntsman or someone else. This is where the second case of repetition occurs. The deer asks to be let in two times and then a third time the king asks to get let in and that again changes the storyline. When the king sees the little sister, he falls in love and asks her to be his wife, which is super sudden and out of nowhere. And the little sister doesn't want to leave her little brother, so she asks the king if he could come with them. 
And then after that, it seems as if it's a happy ending, but then the Grimm brothers introduce a new conflict, which is when the wicked stepmother finds out about the queen and the deer living with the king. This is when they introduce this is when they introduce the stepmother's daughter who only had one eye and was ugly, which adds on to the value of beauty and how the queen compared to the stepmother's daughter has a difference of beauty and attraction. The queen has a son and so the old witch uses magic to turn into a chambermaid and attacks the queen's weak point, which is right after she gives birth to the son. And the old witch locks the queen into the bathroom and starts a fire. The third case of repetition in the story is at the end of the story where the queen comes back as a ghost and watches over the deer and the son. And so there are three instances where she comes in and checks on them. and. The last instance, which is the fourth one, suggests that the cycle is broken and there's finally a resolution where the king talks to her. And then she comes back to life and tells the king about everything that the witch and her daughter had done. The judgment on the daughter and the witch were that the daughter would be led into the woods where she would be torn to pieces by animals and the witch would be thrown into a fire where earlier the witch had suffocated the queen that led to her death and the daughter's death was correlated to the thought that the witch had on the death of the queen before she had turned into the queen. Miraculously, after the witch had died, the deer was transformed back into a human and the brother and the sister lived happily ever after, but there's no mention of the king or others. We get a sense of a brother-sister love in the beginning of this tale. We see how the little brother and the little sister team up against their stepmom, and they would do anything for each other. When the little sister says do not drink, the brother doesn't. They trust each other, but it was a three strikes you're out situation. The third time the sister says do not drink, the little brother drinks anyways. They both get sad, which shows he feels bad and he should have trusted his little sister. She forgives him immediately for drinking the water, which again shows a strong bond between the two of them. Little sister takes on a motherly role after her mother passed away, which means she's growing up and becoming mature as she helps her brother turned deer get better after he was wounded. In the tale, when the king says, will you go with me to the castle and be my dear wife, it is a very bold, abrupt statement, and it is interesting to see how she immediately says, oh yes. It shows how times were different then. Even though it is a folklore, marriage was okay at that young of an age and people didn't need to fall in love or get to know each other much before they felt the need to get married. We can see a sort of Cinderella influence with the stepmother witch in the beginning and the evil ugly stepdaughter. We see a true family bond when we hear about the ghost mother coming back to check on her child. This story ends on a double-edged happy note. They live happily ever after until they died. The language is very abrupt in this entire tale. They use language such as the queen suffocated and died and happily ever after until they died. We see how this tale is not necessarily a love story even though it has a king and a queen fall in love. It is more of a family always has your back which in my opinion is the moral of the story. In all four examples of the story the brother and sister appear and in three of them are children. 
The place of parental figures in each story is somewhat different, and all of the families are unstable. In the grim tale, the stepmother treats the brother and sister poorly, and the father either does not know this or does not care, so the children run away. While in Nanillo and Nanella, the father sends his son and daughter into the woods for the sake of his cruel new wife, and the children become lost. These unstable families and the severing bonds between parents and children are a necessary prelude for the commencement of action in the tale. If the brother and sister had supportive parents, there would be no reason for them to leave or be sent away. While there is no strong bond between the father and the children, the relationship between the brother and sister grows stronger throughout the fairy tale. Some key phrases and words that stuck out to me were the repetition of the word God. This is not present in the earlier versions due to the influence of Christianity and continuous revisions of the text. This story discusses the strong relationship and love between a brother and sister. During the time that the story was written, men were usually drafted by kings to be soldiers. The daughters became heirs to the property. With that, the kings had more control over their marriages and their future lives. Through the duration of this story, the brother and sister maintain a healthy relationship even through the hardships and the obstacles that they must overcome. The brother and sister are working to become of age and are trying to appropriately deal with situations. Thank you for listening to our version of Little Brother and Little Sister with our close analysis. Archetypes and Anarchy is produced by me, Courtney Floyd, and researched and written by my spring 2018 Introduction to Fiction students at the University of Oregon. Our theme music is Music Box by The Underscore Orchestra. Our background music is Little House on a Hill by Augustine C. And our closing music is Wolf, It's Really Rather Rad by High Arches. All of which are available under a Creative Commons license at the Free Music Archive. The sound of the wolf that lives in the woods That comes to my back door from time to time Shake the hand of the sun that burns above Reaches down over everyone Got your jekyll and hide, your monster inside Pouring water over your fire I incurl us a soul, then I need to go Back into the woods, I'm told Not a single living thing needs to be left out You can find in the garden what's missing in yourself There's a spider web that connects heads Connected by the number nine can you think in visions and breathe in rhythms? Dream an ocean over your lips. It brings a deeper meaning, a powerful feeling. Brings us the myths we're told. And it's only clean water that supports the things that we're trying to grow. Not a single living cell needs to be left out. 
find in the garden what's missing in yourself Have you seen the way the speaker makes a pattern in the sand When the frequency is just right, oh man, it's really rather rare 